You're listening to the Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Today's episode is an especially special one. Ooh, especially special. That's a fun thing to say. Um, This is a special episode because we're at episode number 40. I remember being so excited back, I think, in like November when we hit episode 10. And, you know, it's funny because this podcast started purely out of selfish reasons. I really just wanted a microphone and I wanted to hang out in my bedroom and chat to the interwebs through the form of podcasting, but it has turned into something really beautiful. And I'm so grateful for all of the amazing guests that I've had on the show. Guests like Deirdre, who you'll hear from today, who are so open about their experiences and willing to share in the hopes that you can learn from them and apply them to your own lives. I'm so grateful for the connections that I've met from you listeners uh, reaching out to to me on Instagram and just sharing your thoughts and letting me know how the information has impacted you. You know, this has just been such a cool experience for me, and I'm so grateful to be able to be a part of your journey. Now, as I mentioned, today's guest is Deirdre Jaco, and Deirdre and I met in the business mastermind that we were both a part of that has just wrapped up, and I really love Deirdre's take on self-care and self-worth and why these things are essential components of life, and you know, if you've hung out with me for any length of time here on the internet, you know that I love the manicures and the massages and all that kind of stuff, but you'll also know that I believe that there is much more depth to self-care than just the fluffy stuff we often see on Pinterest and stuff like that. And Deirdre does a beautiful job at explaining why things like setting boundaries and cultivating a strong sense of self-worth are crucial elements of self-care. And we dive into you know, what self-worth is, what self-care is, and how the two are different, but also very closely interrelated. I also love that Deirdre explains her a little bit of her story and how she started doing this work. I won't give it away, but I believe that it is something so many of us here on this planet can relate to just in terms of, you know, feeling like we've got all the boxes checked and we're doing all the people pleasing and everything, but why are we not feeling fulfilled? So I was super, super stoked about this interview. Deirdre is an amazing person, and I was so lucky to be able to get to know her more in our mastermind and hang out with her in LA. And we stayed in a treehouse one night, which was super cool, but then also kind of scary because there was a lot of weird, creepy, crawly bugs. So without further ado, uh, let's get into the interview. Cool. Well, welcome to the Daily Sweat Podcast, Deirdre. I am super excited to have you here chatting with us today. Hey, Ariana. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Amazing. So before we get into the meat of our conversation, we've got some really good things to talk about today. Um, I want to know, first and foremost, who is Deirdre Jaco? What does she like to do in her spare time? How does she recharge? Do you have any fun hobbies? Sure. Yeah. So um, the first thing I can think of is I'm a really big hiker and outdoorsy person. Um, I love being outside. And I think like part of my recharging is that like I like to have solitude. I actually pretty much need to have some kind of solitude on a daily basis to be like an acceptable human being <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I feel you. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really something that draws me to nature. Um, and like on a daily basis, I, I try to spend time by myself, um, journaling and meditating. Um, and you know, I pull tarot cards and things like that to, um, to kind of like center myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. There's a lot of similarities between us just in that, in terms of that kind of like needing the alone time. And I think it's so great that more people are beginning to appreciate that and recognize the need for that. I think even our more extroverted friends could benefit from a little solo time now and then. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're definitely moving, um, like as a society, I guess, in that direction of, of having more appreciation for like self-care and boundaries and, and things, things like that. But, um, yeah, like you said, I think everyone, regardless if you're an introvert or an extrovert, it's really beneficial to have some of that quiet time to reflect, um, and think about where you are and what you need and and what's good for you. Mm -hmm. Now, just kind of as a side note, out of curiosity, you mentioned that you feel like there's kind of more of a shift towards um, recognizing that need for like self-care and to recharge and things. What do you think is causing that shift? Um, honestly, I think that people being more open about their experiences and the internet and social media has helped this. Um, I think it normalizes the need for that because, um, if if people are, are not being open about the fact that they need alone time, they need time to rest and that it's, it's okay to need time to rest. If people aren't being honest about it, then, um, you know, there's going to maybe be some shame or guilt around being tired. I think that's kind of a thing in our culture that we're still working through. Um, you know, being tired is sort of like a negative thing. Um, but now that people have these like venues, on social media and these platforms where they can talk about how that's okay. I think it's giving people more permission to take time and take care of themselves. Mm, I love it. That permission part is a big one, I think, because Mm -hmm. you know, we, we look to other people and whether they're like overtly giving us permission or not, it's almost like seeing somebody else's actions and seeing somebody else doing that. It makes it okay for us to do it too. Absolutely. Now, I know that through a lot of your work and your writing, you're a big advocate for self-care and for cultivating a strong sense of self-worth so that we can then go and excel in whatever area of our lives it is we're looking to excel in. Um, Would you mind sharing a bit about your journey and why this matters so much to you? Yeah, absolutely. So... I guess I would rewind to my mid-20s. From the outside, my life looked pretty picturesque, you know, from the 100-foot view. Um, I had graduated from school. I had a master's degree in engineering. Um, I was working at a really great company. I'm actually still at that company in a different role, but a really great company. I was engaged to a very supportive partner, I had an awesome apartment. I love that apartment. I still think about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> yes. And, but on the inside, something felt off to me. And even though the outside, I was kind of checking off all the milestones that I thought were necessary. I just didn't feel right. Um, 
And if I think about it, that, that feeling of being a little bit off, I could trace that back into high school and middle school. Um, and there was always just something there that, uh, you know, wasn't quite, wasn't quite right. And what happened is as I got, I was engaged and as I got closer to my wedding day, that feeling started to grow more and more to the point where like, I knew that I was not really as happy as I was showing to the outside world. And I kind of started thinking that just assuming that everybody else is doing the same thing and that, um, everyone else is kind of like fake and, and pretending to be happy. Like I was like, this was just how life, this is how life was for people. Um, and I became kind of like almost delusion that the world was sort of like this fake place. Um, and eventually, eventually it all fell apart. You know, I had been pretending and like hiding this for so long, but, um, you know, my engagement, we broke off my engagement. My partner eventually realized something was going on with me and we, we had to talk about it. And so we, we broke off a month before the wedding. I, I moved home with my parents. Um, and I really had to start from scratch and, I, I realized I honestly had no idea who I was. I had, you know, spent a lot of time people pleasing and just trying to do things um, that I thought like were socially acceptable or, um, you know, would make me fit in with the crowd. And I had never really taken time to see like, who was I? And, um, you know, so part of that journey was going to therapy for me. And, um, a couple months into therapy, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, which is a, a chronic form of clinical depression. Um, and sort of facing that truth about myself was a big part of figuring out who I was. And it was pretty terrifying, but I think most people who receive like a diagnosis like that, that it's actually um, sort of comforting because it explains a lot of things that explain that off feeling I had had my whole life. And it really motivated me to, um, to figure out how to take care of myself, figure out what I needed and what was best for me. And, you know, I'm still on that journey and I think it's like a lifelong journey, but figuring that out for myself was so important. And now I want to try and teach that to other people, especially other women. Mm, amazing. And I feel like that is something that so many women can relate to, that feeling of not knowing who they are because they get caught up in whether it's people-pleasing or fulfilling the role of mother or wife, um, career executive, anything like that. Like, I think that there is such a need for us to really get in tune with like who we are at our core. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you are anyone in the audience has seen the movie Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts, but, mm-hmm. um, it's been a long time. There, <laughs> yeah. There's like a lot of that that I don't remember, but the one scene that stood out to me during this part of my life, um, where her character, I think her name is Maggie was trying to figure out what kind of eggs she liked because she'd always just ordered eggs the way that her partner had ordered eggs. Um, so it's like this scene of her trying like 20 different egg dishes um, and like during that time in my life, you know, people were kind of checking in on me cause I, you know, my engagement just like collapsed and I was falling apart basically. And they're like, what's going on? How are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what kind of eggs I like. <laughs> and you know, maybe they thought I was a little crazy, but, 
um, that was really like my, my mission. And I think it's such an important thing, like you said, especially for women to embark on that. Mm-hmm. So now that you have done the work and I, I say done the work in terms of like what I'm sure is like the big part of the work, I really do feel like the work is kind of never ending, but now mm-hmm. that you have gone through a lot of it and you're on this new path, like what does that feel like for you now? Yeah. So like you said, the work is never ending. And, um, I think what I have now that I didn't have before is, um, like some framework that I can fall back on when I'm having a rough day. So it's not that in the beginning of this journey, I thought that my goal was to have like, you know, no more bad days. Like I would, you know, go on this like healing journey and find myself and I'd always be happy, but that's, that's really not what it looks like. And that's, I mean, part of the journey is accepting that, but Mm -hmm. what I have now are like tools that I, I know what I need to do to take care of myself and to recharge. So when I am having a bad day, I can stop, realize what's going on and take care of myself and get back to like at least neutral. Awesome. Yeah. I think that is such an important thing to recognize that like this whole good vibes only thing, no bad days. It's not, it's not realistic. (laughs) No, I hate, yeah. (laughs) Shitty Uh, stuff happens. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, I want to switch gears and I want to talk about self-worth. What is Mm -hmm. self-worth? Because we hear this word a lot, but what does it actually mean? Mm, Yes. Yes. Okay. So I love this question because I remember when I, like, when I started this journey, there's all these words like self-worth and self-love. And I just, like, I could not wrap my head around what that meant and what it would, like, actually look like in practice. You know, there's so many books and podcasts and quotes on Pinterest that talk about it. Um, but like what, but don't really define it. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, I like to talk about self-worth, self-love and self-care like together, because I think they're all, they're not the same, but they're really related. And I think you have to talk about all three together to define them. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is my take on it. If you define, if you look at the definition of self-worth, it's basically the feeling that you're worthy of being loved. So, so from there you have to say, okay, well, like what does love actually mean? Um, like what is self-love really where I was personally getting stuck because, um, my only understanding of love was like in the context of other people. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew what it looked like to love other people, but I couldn't figure out what it looked like to love myself. And there's a lot of, um, advice about like standing in the mirror and doing positive affirmations and saying that you love yourself in the mirror. But, you know, I would try to do things like that. And it would just like make me feel worse. Like it didn't, it didn't work. And I, you know, I didn't know what was wrong or like what I was missing. Um, but when you kind of dig in and think about it, love, someone said this to me and it was like kind of a life altering moment. Love is not a feeling. It's a verb. So love is, is like a series of actions. And when you love another person, you, you support them, you stand up for them, you take care of them. Um, so loving yourself is really self care 
in action. So doing things to take care of yourself. Um, and once I made that connection, it all kind of fell into place. Um, so when you, you take care of yourself, that's how you, that's the action of loving yourself. Um, and that's kind of how you build self-worth and it's definitely a slow process. Um, but it's starting with, with the little things of, you know, setting boundaries, speaking up for yourself, understanding what kind of like movement and nutrition feels good for you. Yeah. I love it. That is a solid mm-hmm. definition. And I, I, I love how you kind of differentiate between like this, uh, specifically the self-love and the self-care, because I think a lot of the time those right. two things are used interchangeably. Um, mm-hmm. And there's really subtle differences, but they're really important differences. So why yeah. does it, why does it matter that we have a sense of self-worth? Yes. Another important thing that I don't think people talk about enough, um, but it's like, yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's all, there's all this advice about, oh, you have to love yourself. You need worth, but it's like, who cares? Like, uh, you know, people are busy. They're trying to, you know, I just need enough time to like go to work and come home and clean my house and take my kids to soccer practice. Like I don't have time to work on this. What is it going to do for me? Um, but what I really honestly believe is that, um, when you have a strong sense of self-worth, it's a foundation for success for literally everything else in your life. Um, because you, if you don't have that, if you don't have that strong base and you're not building on a solid foundation, nothing else you do is going to be solid or stable. So like success in your career, success in your relationships, um, anything like that, you need to have this self-worth piece in place before you can really build up the other areas of your life. Mm, Cool. So can you maybe give us an example or two of like how this would help us in our career or if we're trying to grow a business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of career, something that I read early in my career that uh, influenced me a lot, I forget the exact quote, but I, I read this article and it was basically saying that if you don't decide the direction that you want your career to go in, then the people around you will decide for you because they'll push you into whatever position that, that they need you to be in. They'll, they'll, you know, basically with their own interests. Um, so it's really important to have that base of self-worth in your career um, so that you're going, you know what direction you want to go in and you're able to speak up for yourself. Um, because a lot of times I think if you don't have that foundation of self-worth in your career, just like other parts of your life, you can kind of fall into a pattern of people pleasing and needing validation. So that might look like saying yes all when you're already overwhelmed or overworked, um, taking on projects that you really don't want to, you're really not interested in working on or that aren't going to further you in the direction that, that you want to go in. Um, if you have an online business, uh, this could look like maybe being a little bit inauthentic in your messaging because you're, you're trying to please a certain crowd. You're trying to fit in with everyone and you're not using your true voice. Um, so 
So I think that foundation of self-worth is really necessary in order to build the career you want, because if, if you don't have that, you're going to build a career that you think other people want you to have. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, it's yeah. been a while since I've worked in an environment with other people, but even mm-hmm. just thinking about, you know, the people in my lives, whether they're family members, friends, the people who I work with, it we would have such a different society if we all had that strong sense of self-worth and we spoke up for what we needed. Oh, yeah. And stood up for what we believed. Oh, yeah. Like, it mm-hmm. we would be in such a different world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. I think um, a lot of times, when, you know, when we don't have that strong sense of self-worth, we're really just handing our power over to other people. Um, but if we all took on that, you know, accepted that personal power. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would be a really different landscape. Okay. So we know what self-worth is. We know why it's so important and how, how much it can shift the landscape. How can we begin to cultivate mm-hmm. a sense of self-worth? And let's maybe look at it from two angles. So one from somebody who is maybe just hearing this now and they're realizing like, wow, I have given away so much of my power to other people. Mm-hmm. And maybe for somebody yeah. who has kind of been at like the personal development game for a little while now and they're looking to take it to the next level. Yeah. Um, so for, I think for someone who, um, you know, who's like just kind of getting started, it it could be a little overwhelming. I know that I sort of felt this way where it's like, there's all this advice about what you need to add in your life. You got to meditate, you got to do yoga. Um, you know, you have to drink bulletproof coffee or whatever. And (laughs) it's like, how am I going to have time for all of this? And I love bulletproof coffee, by the way, but, um, (laughs) like, how am I going to (laughs) fit, how am I going to fit all of this into my life? And it's like very, it's, it's just almost like another thing on your to-do list that you have to check off in order to feel good. Um, and you know, that's not really the mindset that I would, that I would suggest people take, um, something really simple from a big, from like a beginner perspective, I think is, um, looking at things you already do in your life and, um, seeing them as self-care that, that was something that I did in the beginning, because, um, even if you feel like you don't have time to add like this whole morning, elaborate morning ritual or, or, um, go on a yoga retreat or whatever, there are already things that you're doing in your life that are self-care, but you're just not really seeing it that way. And the intention does make a difference. Um, you don't even really have to change your activity. It's just the way you know how you think about it. So like, you know, I think most people probably brush their teeth every day and we don't think about it as self care. Um, but it is right. Like you, you want to, it feels good when your mouth is clean or whatever, like after you eat. And, um, so like if you see things that you already do as self care, it can sort of, start to grow those feelings like, okay, look, you know, I actually do spend time taking care of myself. I actually do invest in feeling better. So like I'm already there. And I think, I think that's a good stepping stone. Um, when you're just getting started, I I think we actually do a lot of things. We just don't, maybe we don't see it that way. Um, especially if you're already really busy and the idea of like adding the self-care piece is overwhelming to you. Um, that's really just a mindset shift. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the second part of your question was, um, 
for people who are like already, already on this journey and, um, maybe they're, they're trying to do some rituals and self care, but, um, I guess maybe like they might be feeling a little stuck and not sure what the, what the next step is. Um, mm-hmm. that's hard, you know, cause I, I sort of remember hitting, hitting a wall with that. Um, when I was kind of like on, and I'm still on this journey where you're, you, you know, you're doing all this stuff, you're trying to eat healthy and you're like, you know, when is my life magically going to change and I'm going to feel amazing all the time. Um, but you know, I think it's, I think it's just something you have to, you have to keep at. And like the intention piece, like I was saying before is, is still applies. Um, make sure that you have the right intentions because like, like I was saying before, I know I can get sort of caught up in like always trying to add the next wellness trend into my routine just because it's the next thing. Um, but it's really about finding out what works for you. And, um, you know, maybe it's journaling or maybe it's not, maybe it's meditating, but I think you actually do have to try a lot of different things until you figure out what clicks for you and what, and what works for you actually might change over time. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to note is that, our self-care activities and just the way in which we take time for ourselves each day, it can look different. Like some days I love when I have my slow mornings and I can sit Mm -hmm. and drink my coffee and journal and meditate and visualize and do all these different things. Um, But Mm -hmm. some mornings I need to sleep in and like just sleep and doing that with the intention Mm -hmm. of like taking care of myself. I felt guilty about it for a while because I was like, oh, I should be journaling. But like sleeping in when my body needs it is just as much of self-care as journaling or pulling a tarot card. Yes, exactly. And I like, it's funny. I mean, I feel like I've actually been going through the same thing lately um, where like, I just want to zone out with my coffee. I don't feel like going through my whole journaling practice. And if that's what I need, that's what I need. And that's fine. You know, it's going to change day to day. So mm-hmm. yeah. So just accepting that that's okay is really, I think important, like you're saying. Yeah. I think we need a billboard like in front of us at all times saying it's okay. Like wherever <laughs> we're at. Uh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> everything is fine. Like that yes. meme, everything is fine. Yeah. The world's burning <laughs> down around you. It's fine. <laughs> All of this is fine. It's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit and go into self-care, which we've kind of been talking a little bit about through mm-hmm. this. And we all know what self-care is. We know that self-care is basically like just taking care of ourselves. And I think by this point yeah. too, most people realize that self-care isn't just the bubble baths and the massages and like the fluffy stuff. Like those things are nice, but self-care yeah. it can go a lot deeper than that. So like what mm-hmm. are what are some of the most, I guess, crucial self-care activities that like when you do some of these things, like you feel that sense of self-worth, you feel like you can go about your day to day, you just feel like mm-hmm. the boss that you are. Sure. Yeah. So I think a couple things come to mind and I would say that the number, this is for me personally, but the number one thing that affects my mood is my sleep quality. Mm. And that was like a life changing discovery for me. I know it sounds really simple, but like one of my sabotaging habits, um, 
for a while was like watching YouTube videos until basically like two o'clock in the morning and getting three hours of sleep and just like, and I was like, God, I'm so depressed. Like I'm in such a funk right now. And it's like, no, like you literally have not been sleeping for like two weeks. (laughs) Like it makes sense that you're in such a horrible mood, you know? Um, But yeah, so like for me, I have um, like some sleep trackers like on my Fitbit and my phone. So Mm. like when I'm in, when I'm like in a really rough mood, I'm like, damn, what's going on with me? And like, sure enough, almost every time I'll look back at my sleep tracker and I slept, you know, horribly the night before. Um, So for me, developing good sleep hygiene, like having consistent routines with like what time I wake up and nighttime routines has been like super, super critical for me. I don't know if that's the same. I think, I mean, I think a lot of people are affected by sleep, but for me, it was definitely like one of my number one things (laughs) that, uh, that was important to me. Um, and then I guess like another one that I I don't know if like people talk about enough when it comes to self-care is just, um, sharing, my feelings and standing up for myself. Um, cause I think it's one of the harder ones and it's like, maybe not when you first start your self-care journey, it might be not be like the first thing you go to, you, you know, it, it's kind of, um, something you have to work up to, but this was like my biggest struggle throughout my entire life is learning how to communicate my emotions for whatever reason. It's just like not a skill that I naturally had. And, and I think it's also part of like society. I think a lot of us totally. don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, but learning how to express myself um, was so important because I think, especially in relationships, there's this kind of assumption that like people should understand how you feel if they really care about you, which is not true. You mm-hmm. have to tell people how you feel. Um, and, you know, that kind of, that sort of ties into setting boundaries and things, but, um, and I had to practice communicating my emotions in therapy before I could do it with friends and family. And it was months of work, uh, but it's honestly in terms, especially with relationships. And that also goes for work relationships as well as like family and romantic relationships. That's probably one of the most life changing self care activities that I have implemented. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. Um, Sharing things has never been much of a challenge for me. I've always been like a very open book, sometimes like a little mm-hmm. too open. Um, <laughs> I, I, I get where you're coming from, like especially where you mentioned like, you know, we expect people to understand how we're feeling mm-hmm. like that. Like I would get mm-hmm. frustrated with my partner because I would maybe need help with something and I wouldn't communicate that. And I would think that he should know that I needed that help. Um, and then I learned yes. that people don't read minds too. So it's, it's important. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I actually, I think there's like a lot of um, unhealthy messages in like TV shows and um, like other media that kind of teach us from a really young age that like part of romance is that they you know, the other person just knows everything about you. They can read your mind. Um, they just quote unquote get you. And I mean, there is a certain extent of like someone kind of like understanding who you are as a person, but, um, I think that gets interpreted into like, they should know what I want. I shouldn't have to tell them how I'm feeling. And that just that expectation can literally ruin relationships. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it's in, amazing how how media and just the conditioning that we we receive through society like really screws us up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that undoing that is. I mean, that could be life. You know, your life's work is undoing that conditioning. Um, that, yeah, that we get absolutely. It totally is. I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago about this, and we were basically saying that it seems like the meaning of life is to spend the first 15 to 20 years of your life picking up stories and beliefs that aren't actually yours and then spending the rest of your life getting rid of those stories and beliefs. (laughs) That's like what we're here. Oh my God. That is exactly how I feel. (laughs) 100%. Uh, Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. That is, that's pretty much like, I think probably what we both, are trying to do for a living (laughs) to teach people to undo that. (laughs) Definitely. And then do it ourselves in the process. And also do it. Yeah. At the same time, which is very exciting. Yes. Now um, I want to backtrack just a little bit. So you had talked about quality Mm -hmm. and this is something that is super important for us on both a mental health standpoint and physical health standpoint. Mm -hmm. A lot of our listeners here are big into fitness and they're maybe training for races or they're just hitting the gym a lot. So it's really important for us to be able to perform well, both at work and at the gym and just in our day-to-day lives that we have like adequate sleep. So what are some of your like sleep hygiene tips or some things that you do to set yourself up for a nighttime ritual? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there are a couple things. I think um, my nighttime ritual is really simple. I basically just involves me. Um, I wash my face and I brush my teeth. And when I do those two things, like I kind of know that it's time, you know, I'm ready for bed. Um, it, you know, it doesn't have to be like an elaborate, it, it can be, it could be whatever you want, but um, having a routine that you do on a consistent basis, I think your body kind of, you go through that and your body's like, oh, okay, sleeping is coming now. Like we always do this before bed. I, I'm kind of expecting that. So, I mean, I think any kind of ritual, even if it's simple, um, can be really helpful. Um, I would also say having some level of consistency around when you wake up and go to sleep, especially um, like when you wake up, because, you know, if you're going to wake up at six o'clock every day, I think your body will naturally tell you when you want to go to bed. Um, But keeping that consistent, even on the weekends, I know it it kind of, it's kind of tough, but (laughs) you know, I would get, like nobody wants to get up early on the weekends, but um, I would get into a habit of like trying to wake up at five during the week and then sleeping until like 10 on the weekends. And on Monday I would feel like a train wreck. Um, and it would take a day or two to get back into it. So it was was this really unhealthy up and down. So I, you know, I, I would really try to, even if it's like within an hour range or so, try to wake up about approximately the same time on most days, unless you really need it. Like, you know, listen to your body, but, um, I think that's important. And, oh, another, a big thing for me personally is, um, screens. If I am on my phone or if I'm watching TV, I will stay up much later than my body needs to. Um, it is one of the worst habits for me to be looking at any kind of screen within like a half hour of going to bed. Um, so I really, I really try to like after nine or nine thirty, um, pretty much 
avoid looking at any type of screen at all whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's yeah. a tough one. <laughs> do you find, cause I've heard a lot of experts say that it needs to be a minimum of an hour. Do you find that a half hour makes it mm. different for you? Um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that would probably, um, I don't know. I think if I, it kind of depends. Um, but if I read for at least like 20 minutes, it's, mm-hmm. that's usually enough to calm me down. Cool. Um, of course, if I can do an hour, it's probably better, but if you can at least do a half hour, I mean, it's better than nothing, you know? For sure. And I, I think that's what's important to note is that like, you know, when we hear people talking sometimes about, oh, you need to do this for like an hour a day or this a day, like mm-hmm. knowing that those shorter segments can be effective still is, it takes some of the pressure off, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think with, um, like with exercise, that's a really, that's a huge thing. People are like, if I don't have an hour to exercise every day, well, I'm just not going to exercise because I, you know, it won't be effective. I mean, I think that's such a common mindset. Um, so that another thing we have to unlearn. Definitely. Now you mentioned one of your tips that you have for people who don't think they have time for self-care and just kind of having that mindset Mm. shift and looking at some of the things you're already doing as self-care. Do you have any other tips for people who don't think they have any time for different self-care activities beyond that one? Um, well, one thing that I can't remember who said this, but, um, some quote is that if you look at your calendar and your bank statement, that'll tell you where your priorities lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you really, really don't feel like you have enough time for self-care, you might have to very seriously analyze your schedule and be really honest with yourself um, uh, like about, about how you're spending your time and if it's good for you um, and your money too. Um, you know, so if you're, if you're over committing to plans, um, or if, you know, if you're, if you're taking on stuff at work, like kind of what we were talking about before, that's like not really helping you, but that you're sort of people pleasing and trying to do too much. Um, you might have to really take a hard look at that and evaluate and, and see, um, you know, see where you might need to loosen up your schedule. If you genuinely don't think you could add, you know, 10 minutes of yoga or journaling to your day. I mean, you might have to take a critical look at your priorities and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and see where you can make some changes. Definitely a little bit of tough love. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's, it's good. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes we, we embark on these journeys thinking that like, it's supposed to feel good. Like self-care is supposed to feel good. Um, learning Mm -hmm. how to love ourselves Mm -hmm. is supposed to feel good. And sometimes in, in those processes, we have to get honest with ourselves and that mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It doesn't have to mean that we berate ourselves or beat ourselves up or judge ourselves or anything, but we kind of have to look at the messy stuff sometimes and really be honest with how we're prioritizing our time and our energy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the journey to loving yourself, uh, there's going to be some pain in there. I, you know, I think, I was definitely disillusioned about that in the beginning, but um, it's absolutely not all rose petals and, and skipping through the park. It, 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 there are some tough things that you're going to have to deal with, and 
um, and kind of like we were saying, like unlearn and uncondition and it, it can be tough. It really can. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Tough stuff is okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite resources, whether they're books, podcasts, blogs, anything like that? Sure. Um, so I am a podcast person. Uh, I find, you know, it's just like, we're all pretty busy. So sometimes it's a little easier to like listen to stuff while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so two of my favorite podcasts, one, um, I really love Marie Forleo. Uh, she, it's, she has Marie TV and, um, she talks about like a good fusion of self-care mindset as well as like business and career, especially for, for people who are, um, like looking to start their own business. So, and the other thing I love about Marie TV is that most of the episodes are like under 10 minutes and every once in a while she'll do a longer interview. So if you just need like a couple minutes of inspiration in the morning, uh, it's a pretty good podcast. Um, or you could watch it on YouTube too. And, um, another podcast, my second podcast that I would recommend is, um, called the life coach school with Brooke Castillo and, um, Brooke Casio is a life coach and her advice, talk about tough love. I mean, she is like straight to the point, tough love, but I mean, it's really eye opening stuff. I listened to her a lot while I was going through this transformation and her words were very insightful. She, you know, she gets into like psychology too. And she, she really has like evidence to back up what she's saying. Um, mm-hmm. and experience. So yeah, I love that podcast. Those are, those are two big ones I would recommend. Amazing. Um, I'll be sure to link to those in the show notes for our listeners. And mm-hmm. any books or anything that have been like really pivotal for you? Yeah. Um, I would say um, The Power of Now is uh, a book that I'm rereading by Eckhart Tolle. And I think I've seen you reading that book too. Um, yeah, I'm rereading that it was right really, now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I read a book a bunch of times, but if... Um, if you're like not really sure about what all this like mindfulness stuff is, um, I mean, that book really gets to the heart of why we need to be present and why mindset is important. If you're kind of doubting like what it really means and how it's going to change your life. Um, that book is extremely like extremely powerful for me. Um, so yeah, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but I, I love that book. Yeah. I've read it many times. Yeah, it's it's such a good one. Every time I read it, mm-hmm. it's like something different stands out to me. It's like different yes. parts of the book I need at different stages of my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So where can we find you? Social media, blog, um, if you have any fun free things for us to download or programs, courses, anything like that. Tell us all the goods. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can read my blog. It's deirdrejaco.com. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like a hard to spell name. So I'm sure you'll put it in the notes. I will. Um, (laughs) and you can also, yeah, (laughs) thank you. And, um, the social media platform that I most, that I mostly use is Instagram. So my handle is just deirdrejaco. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I have a few relevant downloads that I think you guys would, would really like if you, if you were into this episode. Um, one of them is a short guide 
on self-love, self-care, and self-worth, um, just getting a little bit more into what they really mean and how you can implement them into your life. Uh, so if you want some clarity on that, I would definitely download that. Um, and I also have a, a really simple daily journaling template. If, um, you know, if you're wanting to get into self-care and journaling is something that's interesting to you, this, this is not intimidating. It's a very straightforward, uh, template that you could use if you just have 10 minutes a day, um, that you want to get started. It's a really good starting point for journaling. Amazing. And can we find both of those on your website as well? Yes, both of those are on my website. You can find them. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And to our listeners, um, Deirdre is an amazing writer. I love her Instagram. Just her her way with words is so beautiful. So I would really encourage you to go check that out in her blog as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing parts of your journey with us, Deirdre, and sharing your insights. I know that this was super valuable for me, and I know our listeners will (laughs) love everything that you had to share as well. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. I had a great time talking with you. Amazing. And to our listeners, as always, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for allowing us to hang out in between your ears. We will be back with you next week for another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. Wait, before you go, did you enjoy today's episode? If so, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a couple seconds out of your busy, busy day and head over to iTunes to leave a super quick review. Thank you.